0: Uh, my name's Derek, and uh, I'm glad just to be here in person. And for those of you who are online, welcome as well. And uh, today we are continuing in the series, uh, You Decide, right? And today we're going to be talking through sacrificial love. Sacrifice or not, you decide. And the, the mission statement, or the vision statement, sorry, for our church is this. To be a church that makes disciples with reckless faith in Jesus Christ, flesh out in sacrificial love, service to those in need, and a commitment to invite people into an ever-deepening relationship with God. So today we're looking at that idea of sacrificial love. And I just want to say, love, love has everything to do with relationship, So today as we walk through this message, I just want to say we're going to be talking about relationship and really what it means to have exceptional relationship. Because it's been a hard season, right? Just the fact that we're able to meet here at church is a victory in my mind. The fact that we get to be together in some way. But it's been a a tough season. One of the reasons I know this is because I went to the car wash uh, because we sold a car this week. And went to the car wash. It was like 8 in the morning. And I was the only person there. And it was one of those new fancy ones with all the the vacuums. You know, there's like 20 or 25 stalls where you can get your your, your floors vacuumed. And I was the only one there. I I parked, started vacuuming. And within a few minutes, another person went through the car wash and was coming through to, to find a spot to vacuum. And they parked right next to me. And it's like, I'm looking around. I'm like, okay, there's... 10 stalls on this side and 15 stalls on that side and they picked the one right next to me and it's like now I have to like share the vacuums and the towels and all the the cleaners and do I wear my mask now that there's this guy right here we're trying to figure out how to open doors and it's just like man what in the world is going on and the funny thing is is that wasn't the first time it happened like the last time I'd cleaned a car like a month before so I don't go very often uh, this exact same thing happened and I'm just like oh my goodness, we are lonely. Like, we, we're struggling to have relationships. So much so that when you get to the car wash and there's another car there, it's like you want to pull in next to the guy that's there, even though it's inconvenient. <laughs> it's, it's, it's crazy. And, you know, uh, later, uh, my friend Frank, uh, he actually asked me, did you at least say hi? And I'm like, no, man. I was just thinking about, like, what the heck are you doing here? Like... <laughs> Sacrificial love is what we're talking about today. Um, and I've got this this sneaking hunch, okay, of, of something that's happening in our society and our culture that's kind of actually undercutting the idea of living a sacrificial life. It's, it's this thing that Dave was talking about, control, right? We, we struggle because we don't have control, and we're actually losing control in this season. We're losing control we're even losing comfort, we're losing relationships, all these things that feels like it's going backwards. So I'm watching my own life in areas in which, because I'm I'm losing controls over here, I feel like I have to try to grasp for control over here. I don't know if you guys are feeling this yourself, but let me just give you a couple examples of where this is happening for me. You know, when, when COVID first hit, there's like, a month where I could hardly even buy ground beef. You know, you go to the store, it's sold out. You couldn't buy a good steak for I don't know how long. They would I go to Winco and they would cut them like a quarter inch thick, it felt like. You're like, why would I buy that? I don't know. So I went ahead and in order to control an area of my life, I went and bought a quarter of a cow. You know, it's just like, why not? I want to have a steak when I want to have a steak, okay? So I'm going to go out and buy a quarter of a cow. Or because of the lack of relationships, that getting shrunk, Right? It's like we, we went out and we got a COVID puppy, right? It's like I went I was like, I want a dog that I can go and hug anytime I want if I can't go out and hug a person. And and I think, even though I was never a TP hoarder, right, I think this is where this came from too. It's like I can't control so many things in my life, but I can own four hundred rolls of toilet paper. And that makes me feel better, because when the going gets tough, I do not want to be without my toilet paper, right? Uh, there, there, w- there's this thing where it's like, we're, we're sh- because of that shrinking control, that shrinking comfort in so many areas, we're actually looking for control in other things. But the thing that it's doing is, I believe, it's actually undercutting our relationships. So today, when we're talking about how to have exceptional relationships, You know, you can't have exceptional relationships without exceptional seeds that you're planting into the ground. Remember that Dave's been talking about having a hundred-time investment as he's been walking through this series so far. Like, if we're going to make disciples with reckless faith and now today's sacrificial love, like, the idea, the hope, is that we're actually going to be investing our life into something that's going to have this amazing return, Well, we want. Who who doesn't want a hundred times return in your relationships? Is is there anybody out here that doesn't want that? I mean, we're we're all wanting a hundred times return. But here's the problem: is that we're sowing the wrong seeds. We're sowing unexceptional seeds, and we're getting unexceptional returns. So today, I'm going to be looking at an unconventional passage that's going to be talking about actually following an unconventional method to sow seeds to receive an exp- an, just an over an abundant harvest. So it's out of the book of Ecclesiastes. Uh, and it's Ecclesiastes chapter 11. And uh, this, is, this is something that uh, is from what the Bible calls the wisest man that ever lived. So we're looking at ancient wisdom on how to plant seeds. Ecclesiastes chapter eleven, and this is in the ESV, it says, Cast your bread upon the waters, for you will find it after many days. Give a portion to seven, or even to eight, for you know not what disaster may come upon the earth. So sometimes wise people say confusing things. I don't know if you (laughs) if you're sitting here going, okay, yeah, that obviously makes sense. What are you supposed to do with that? I, I know when I first read this, I, we, we walked through this with my Life Together group this week, and my wife was like, it sounds like he's throwing a, a you know, loaf of bread into the ocean to get soggy. What is he talking about here? And many, many scholars have talked about this, and there's two main ways to read this. The NIV actually says to ship your grain across the ocean. So it's talking about this idea of international trade, which is one way to read it. Another way to read it is that you're actually casting seeds into the waters, which doesn't really make a lot of sense, which makes sense on why the NIV would translate it, ship your grain across the seas. Now, whatever way you read it, the idea is that the the average, I went and talked to one of my Old Testament professors, he said the average farmer at that time would have probably only had half an acre of land. So when you're talking about even, you know, Harvesting that, most of them were subsistence farmers to even think about shipping some to another country to potentially get returned. Do you know how many times Paul the apostle was shipwrecked? I mean, that would be an act of reckless faith that Dave talked about. So, uh, but, but I, I don't know that most scholars say that this was actually before there was international trade happening in the nation of Israel. Uh, and so it's probably the idea that they're actually casting your seed into water, which makes absolutely no sense to me, right? Why would you cast seed into water, right? The conventional method for farming would be to cast your seeds into the ground, right? You put your seed into the ground and then you expect to see a return on your investment. Like one seed goes into the ground, ground, a stock comes up and you get multiple seeds out of that stock of grain, right? So it's a very Good investment. And then you save some seeds for the next year. You do the same thing. To put it into the water, it's like, what in the world would you even be thinking? But let's think about this for a second. Solomon is giving us something that's uncommon, but I believe can actually lead to an exceptional return on your investment. And here's the deal. Uh, the, the, The thought process behind here is be generous. Be generous and be willing to take a risk. Now, let's imagine that you're a farmer, and you've got a stream running through the middle of your plot of land. Now, most of the seed you're going to throw out is going to go into the land, and it's going to produce a harvest, but let's say you go ahead and cast some seeds into the stream. Well, those seeds are actually going to wash down the stream, and probably go, and they'll, they'll plant in the fields of your neighbors, and who knows where it's going to go. Actually, the thing is, is you actually can't control where it goes at all. Where that seed lands, you have no clue. But the thing is, is you might actually have a harvest downstream somewhere that you may never even know about yet. And you have no idea when it could come up. Solomon says, invest in seven ventures, maybe even in eight, right? You, you don't know where you may be throwing your seeds and it may actually come and produce fruit in your life, down the line, he's saying, think a little bit unconventional, even a little bit crazy. Take a risk in the way in which you invest. And and in fact, you couldn't even say this is really investing because you don't know where the return's going to come. But when you apply this to relationships, he's saying, hey, actually, in your life, bless everybody around you. You know, it says, you know, put your seeds into the ground. You know, put your seeds in the ground instead of the water. Because, you know, 100 seeds put into the ground would make sense on on really the return on investment. Wouldn't you think 100 seeds into the ground is better than 90 seeds in the ground and 10 seeds into the water? Well, I guess it depends on what you think the yield might be. And the other thing is that this this, this author brings up is what you think might happen in the future. Disaster might actually come on your farm. Now, I've got a story. I brought this passage up in my Life Together group. And uh, Samile, who lives with us, is part of that group. And she told a great story of her own life, where she, she, when she was just finishing school, she was walking down the road, and she heard a lady just call her up. She said, hey, I know you, I respect you, I love the way that you live. And I have a teenage daughter, and I would love it if you would invest some of your time in, this, in, in my daughter. And she thought about it, and she decided, okay, I'll, I'll go ahead. And, I, and she started investing time and energy and effort into this, this, this young woman. And then she got to the end of her schooling, and she was trying to figure out what in the world she might do. She, she thought that even her options weren't very great, because she's living... In Eswatini, you know, where our international partnership is, and there weren't a lot of great options. She didn't have money for college, all these things. She's wondering, what in the world will I do? Well, this woman that she was investing in her daughter actually was a cook at the CarePoint that the K2 sponsors. And she invited her to to come and interview, to be the next shepherd at the the CarePoint. So she went, and because of the investment that she, she had taken and the time she had taken with this young woman, she actually got the job. And then she was sent off to do one year of leadership training in South Africa. And then she came back, and she spent two years as the shepherd. And then she moved on, and she started college, and she went on to be the care point coordinator over multiple other care points. And this is when I met her, and then we brought her to America, and she's here with us now. And it's just like... The trajectory of her life has completely changed because some of the seeds that you never, she never knew, would actually have any kind of return on the investment that she put in. And so Solomon's saying, "Hey, be generous with everything you have because you don't know what the future holds. You don't know what might come." One of the psalms, or Psalm, the Psalms thirty-seven, actually says. I've never seen a righteous man and his, his children begging for bread. So if you're a righteous person, you're generous to everybody around you. Like, if you fall down, there's going to always be somebody there to pick you up. And if you want to grow extraordinary relationships, you need to sow in an, un, in, in an unordinary means. And, and the unordinary means here is to cast your seed in places that you may never be able to harvest. Now, uh, I've I've read a book called Give and Take. It's by an author and a researcher, Adam Grant. And he says there's three different types of people in the world. There's givers, there's takers, and then there's matchers. And he says most of us are matchers. So it means that if you give something to me, I'll be willing to return the favor to you. So you give, you take, you know, we're, we're just, you're know, we just playing this reciprocal relationship. But then there's some people who are just generous givers. They just are willing to give, and they never expect anything back. And then there's takers. There's people that are just trying to get as much as they possibly can, and they'll step on people as they climb ladders and all this sort of thing. Now, he talked about how takers actually climb in, in a corporate setting, will actually climb ladders very quickly. But then he said when they when, when crisis hits and they fall he's like everybody kind of just steps back and watches them fall like oh wow that was that was bad you know like uh, they, they they even may applaud behind your back because they they, they were the ones stepped on on the way up um, but he said that givers givers aren't like that you know givers never look for anything in return but when when crisis strikes people are ready to rally around them and I'd like to encourage you, if you are thinking about how to have extraordinary relationships, the best way to do that is to actually start being a giver. Now, one of my professors, his name was Kenneth Beckman. Uh, He's passed away now. He was actually my grandfather's professor. (laughs) So uh, when I had him as a professor, he was already in his 80s. He'd be 101 Today, if he was still alive, uh, he gave a definition of what love is. And so this might be wisdom, not ancient wisdom, but wisdom from another generation. He says, love is the overwhelming concern for another person without regard to what you receive in return. So if you want to love well, and in in turn actually improve your relationship, just because of what I said, uh, relationships are all about love, uh, then you need to stop caring about what you get back. You need to stop caring about what you get in return. So sacrificial love is actually the economy for relationship. It's the way that relationship is formed. And I I don't want to challenge you. So let's say you have a relationship that's not going well. A marriage that's in turmoil. Like, go and actually love your spouse unconditionally. Like, give them actually more than what you take. Like, don't worry about what you get this week. Just do the laundry. Do the dishes. Make the meals. Do every single thing you can to bless them and see what happens. See what changes. Or... Maybe you have a child that you're estranged from. Bless them, serve them, be generous to them, give them everything you possibly can. See what starts to turn in that relationship. Or maybe this one I actually challenge you because this is something we can all do this week. Is that if you uh, have a coworker that you do not like, okay, a coworker you do not like, do something for them generously. Like I would say three things, three options: buy them lunch, bring them a coffee. Or if you're all working from home, you're not in an environment where you work, Like, send them some crumble cookies, okay? Try it. See what happens with that relationship. See how they perceive you differently and how you perceive them differently. Cast your bread upon the waters and see what happens. Jesus modeled this for us. 1 John 3.16 says this, This is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us, and we ought, to do, we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers and our sisters. So he says, be generous. Live with courage. He laid down his life. If he's willing to lay down his life, we should be willing to lay down our life. And I believe this is why the rewiring of us actually wanting to take more control uh, is actually undercutting our relationships because what it does is it makes me think about myself first. It makes me say when somebody pulls up next to me at the car wash, <laughs> say, what the heck are you doing? Like, I want more space and freedom and control. Instead of saying, hey, how can I serve you? How can I love you? Now, a couple of practical things. First of all is where do we start sowing our seeds? If we're going to start sowing in the water, what, what body of water do we sow into? Well, I would say start... Casting in the nearest dream. Start casting in the nearest stream. I don't know if you've experienced this or not, but I believe many of us have. Uh, if you have met somebody, a new person you really liked, uh, they were magnanimous, they were kind to you, uh, you, you know, and then you, you started to get closer to them and you saw how they treated people in their inner circle, like maybe a, a sharp comment to their wife or, or they were saying something that just felt like it was undercutting to their children, and you, you see that enough times. does not it just sour, the relationship? You're like, oh man, I really like this person. And then I saw how they actually live and I realized the way they treat me is fake. It's not real. It's not real. And so if, I'd say the, the pond of your own family is a great mirror for you to, to actually understand, first of all, are you willing to sacrifice of yourself? Are you willing to lay down your life? Because if you're not laying down your life there, then you're probably not going to do it anywhere else, right? Because as a church, just I'm saying start, start with the stream that's closest, because next week we'll move on beyond that. But if it's not all right at home, then then you're not in a good spot. But Jesus takes it beyond that, right? Jesus Jesus actually takes it to another stream. In John 13, 34 and 35, he says, A new command I give you. Love one another as I have loved you. So you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples, if you love one another. He is talking to his disciples. And he's saying, I know you guys all have families. you got to love them. But now I'm giving you a new command. Love each other. Actually, that's the core of the love that can actually change the world. He says, this is how the world will know that you are my disciples. Now, Let me tell you a story of a a lady I I met uh, that was part of uh, the church I was a part of in Washington. Her name is Janet. She was a Ph.D. at Washington State University, and she specialized in crop sciences. Now, she found uh, she had a research student working under her from China who found this specific seed. She tested two million grains of wheat, to find one that was resistant to a certain type of herbicide, so they could do better crop rotations, right? And she, out of that two million seed, one seed was actually uh, resistant, and it grew up, and eight kernels came out of that one seed. Now, this The researcher she had had to go back to China and she took over the process and every year she would take that seed and she would plant it in the ground and she had eight and then it came up and then it was multiplied by eight again and then she put it back in and it came up and it was multiplied by eight again and when I saw her she was six years into the process I went and got to see where she was planting and she's trying to build up a crop that she can actually send out into the world. And I'd like to encourage you to think that if you actually want exceptional relationships, you don't, you don't only have to use exceptional means, but you actually have to use exceptional seed as well. If you want exceptional relationships, you don't just have exceptional means like casting into the water. You need exceptional seed. You need that one in the two million seed, or in the case of Jesus Christ, one only, right? And Jesus planted himself, and 12 came out of that, and they planted themselves, and we got to the point where 100 years after the life of Jesus, it is actually starting to change empires, like That's the sort of work that happens. We have to actually reframe our expectations. It's not just, I know I started off saying, do you want exceptional relationships? We want a hundredfold on our relationships. But we actually even have to change our goals. Our goals can't even just be about relationships because if my goal is only to make you happy or your goal to make me happy, then, then really, the relationship is making you, or making you my God, right? And so we have to actually make Jesus our God. You make God our God, and when we make His purposes our purposes instead of your purposes, my purposes, then the relationship can thrive in such a way that it, it actually, it actually builds relationships that are so much more fruitful. They actually start to expand, and that's where you get this hundredfold sort of harvest when you not only. Have exceptional means, but you actually have an exceptional seed. Now, how do we do this? Now, how do we do this, right? Well, let me read to you as we close out here this passage out of 1 Peter. It's 1 Peter 4, 8 through 11. It says, above all, love each other deeply, because love covers over a multitude of sins. Offer hospitality to one another without grumbling, Let me tell you, this passage actually assumes two things. It assumes that you have a rooted, uh, com- uh, Christ-centered community. And it also assumes this, that you understand and know your true identity and your giftings. So just, just to start off, first of all, I have, I have three practical steps for you. Um, and you might need to take all three, you may just need to take one. But if you are not in proximity with other people, you cannot love them. Try to throw, cast your seed into the Pacific Ocean right now. It's not going to work, right? You may be able to walk over and cast them into the Jordan River, though, right? So you have to be close to people if you're going to have exceptional relationships. And if you're going to have relationships that are built on the love of Christ, I'm just saying that we have opportunities for those sorts of relationships. We have these groups called Life Together. So if you are not in one, this is a great season because groups are relaunching for the spring. We'd love for you to get involved in one of these communities. It's impossible to have the type of Christ centered, exceptional relationships if you're not investing into a community like this. And so, if you there are on our chat, if you're online, uh, you can say there's a get connected moment going on our website at k2thechurch.com. Or if you're on Facebook, I know the chat hosts are putting in a link to our. Our, uh, what's Happening, or are New Here, uh, you can click on that. So click on that, fill that out, we will get back to you, and we will help you find a community that can be a place where you actually invest your life, where you plant seeds, you sow seeds into other people's life, and they do the same for you, because you have to have proximity. And the other piece is this, um, that that I mentioned is that you need to understand your design it says if your gift is speaking if your gift is serving if you don't know your gift you can't use your gift and so as a church we actually have purchased a uh an assessment for you it's called shape it actually walks you through your spiritual gifts it's an acronym your spiritual gifts your heart uh your uh oh shoot I forget what the a is uh, but it's good, I promise, okay? <laughs> your personality and your experience, whatever the A is. So, um, so that you can go to k2thechurch.com slash shape. And you can take, create an account, take the assessment. I promise you, there's all sorts of ways in which you can actually love the body of Christ and actually love the bride of Christ in an amazing way. I don't know if you've ever witnessed a bride on their wedding day. But a bride that has a lot of responsibilities on their wedding day is not a bride that's radiant and glorious. I don't know if you've noticed that, but it's usually the bride that's bridezilla, right? They're anxious, and they're trying to get a lot of things done, but the bride who has a bunch of people spread out actually taking care of the things that need to be taken care of on her wedding day is a beautiful and radiant bride, and that's what the church should be, right? We're we're this bride of Christ. where We're all coming together so that we can take care of each other because otherwise, if it's just a few people taking care of, it's an organization. We don't want an organization here at the church. We want an organism. And so we need you actually using your gifts to bless those around us. Like, for example, there's this great lady, Carla, uh, Carla uh, Tall. She made a baby blanket for my son. She has a gift of sewing. But she made them for everybody who had a baby in 2019. I don't know what 2020 looked like for Carla But she made baby blankets for all these kids at K2. It's just awesome the way that I felt loved and blessed because of that. Now, the last one is this. that It says love with the very strength of Christ. Or serve with the very strength of Christ. Or if you're speaking, speak with the very voice of Christ. Now, it's impossible to love with the strength of Christ if you don't have the spirit of Christ. So just very, very, very first. I just want to say to you who are out there, we are glad that you're here with us today, if you haven't accepted Jesus, then there's this, there's this love that he has for you. There's this love that he wants to pour out on you. It says the way that we know what love is is that he first loved us. Like God proved his love to us by actually giving up his life for us. And that's the sort of love he actually wants to infuse into you. And so if you haven't accepted Jesus, if you're out there in the audience right now and you haven't said yes to Jesus, I just want to ask you, just say that right now. Just say, Jesus, I give you my life. Jesus, I give you my life. Jesus, I give you my life. And if you're online right now, there is a moment that's coming up that says, Hey, I've accepted Jesus today. And we would just encourage you to actually let us know if you, if you did make an ex- a decision to accept Jesus today because we want to actually welcome you into this body that, that actually loves each other sacrificially, that is willing to lay down their lives for each other because that is what it takes if we're going to have this hundred-fold type of investment. In order to have an amazing relationship, to have, uh, to, to have these exceptional relationships, we have to actually be willing to lay down Our life for each other. So, I just want to recap here, real quick. So, if you want to live an exceptional life with exceptional relationships and have a hundredfold of your investment, you got to do this. You got to become a giver, right? You got to be able to be willing to sow your seeds into the water. You got to also be willing to cast an exceptional seed. Let Jesus be the source of everything that you do. And then What we're asking you to do is actually serve and give with this very strength of Christ. Let's pray. God, we just invite you here today, and we thank you for being here with us, God. Lord, we thank you for the ways in which you've blessed this body, K2. Lord, and you've actually given people the very gifts that we need as a church to be a community that's actually making disciples with reckless faith and sacrificial love and care for those in need or willing to invite people into an ever-deepening relationship with you. God, come alongside us today. Lord, give us your peace and give us your power. Lord, we pray this all in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ. Amen.